Check. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. We're glad you're here today. We're going to start off with a couple of praise songs. Uh, we've got a new member with us today. This is Marilyn Dorsey. She's our, one of our new guitarists and singers, and she'll also be doing the special song for us today in the service. If you would, let's stand and sing. This is called Glory in the Highest. This is a Chris Tomlin song.
We stand and lift up our hands. We in the wrong song? Yes. Your name. Well, it's nothing like perfection, is it? reading at this time. You can look in your order of worship. The people respond in the words that are printed in bold or if they're bold on the screen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his God's holy name. The Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. God does not deal with us according to our sins, nor require us according to our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far God removes our transgressions from us. For in Christ the dead live again, the lost are found. This is cause for rejoicing. Let the celebration begin. Good morning. What a wonderful day. What a wonderful spring day. My favorite time of the year. 
And one, one reason this is such a beautiful time of the year is because it reminds me so much of resurrection. The buds are blooming. The trees are sprouting. It's resurrection time. It's not an accident that Easter happens at springtime. Resurrection is what we're here to hear about today. And resurrection is what baptism is about as well. And we have four today who have come to be baptized into the church of Christ, into the body of Christ, and into this church at Community Baptist Church. We have Jerry Neal and Kaylee Neal, his sister. We have Matthew Turner. And we have Colton Hartsfield. All four of these have made their professions of faith in Jesus Christ. They have taken the responsibility upon themselves to follow Christ each day of their lives. And they have come to be united in baptism. The symbol of baptism is all about resurrection because in the symbol of baptism, they are actually buried into this water as if their lives are gone. They have died to an old way of life. And now they are resurrected again to a new way of life as they come out of the water. It's a wonderful symbol of what Christ has done for us. And it's a wonderful symbol of the new life that we have in Christ. And so with that, this is my brother Jerry. He has made that commitment in Christ. And because of that, Jerry, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is Colton Hartsfield. He has made that profession of faith in Jesus Christ. He has accepted him as his Lord, as his Savior. And he has committed his life to following Christ every day. Colton, upon your profession of faith, it is my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. my sister, Kaylee Neal. She has professed her faith in Jesus Christ, accepted him as her Lord and Savior, and has committed her life to following in his ways. And so, upon your profession of faith, Kaylee, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. is Matthew Turner. He has professed his faith in Jesus Christ and accepted him as his Lord and his Savior. He has committed his life to following Christ from this day forward. And what a joy it is now, my brother Matthew, to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What a joy that is to baptize people into the, into the fold, into the family of Christ. You know, there was a time when Philip was sharing the gospel 
with the Ethiopian eunuch. And as he did that, they were traveling along and they came to a place where there was a lake. And the Ethiopian eunuch said, here there is much water. What hinders me from being baptized? It's a good thought. You have seen the gospel portrayed today in this resurrection event, this baptism. And here there is much water. What hinders you from being baptized? And all God's people said, Amen. Going to do another praise song for you. This is called Everlasting God. Let us stand. Sing out with us, please. As we wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever. service. There's even a gift back there in the lobby. You're more than welcome to help yourself. Also, would you mind taking this time to fill out our registration? 
uh, our sign-up sheets. They're little uh, maroon notebooks. Please feel free to sign it. Give us as much information that you feel comfortable with. Uh, at this time, I would like for you all to stand and greet one another and welcome each other at this time, please. Thank you. As you're finding your seat, we'd like to invite our children to come forward. We have our children's moment right over here to my left and your right. Miss Rachel is up here for children's moment, so come on up, children. Come on up. lot of kids this morning. I'm very overwhelmed, nervous. Okay, I would like to show you guys real quick something. You guys all know what this is? It's a quilt, yes. Well, my friend made this quilt. Now, it wasn't always like this. It wasn't always this big, of course, but it had these little bitty pieces all separate before it was made. Now, um, there was a bunch of useless pieces, and then they were put together. When I saw this beautiful quilt, I decided I wanted to make one myself. So, I've got these little bitty pieces that I want you guys to have, okay? Okay. Oh, sorry. Can y'all like, pass them back for me? Pass them back for you, I think. Can you pass them back? Okay. Just like pass all those back for me. Alright, everybody got some? You got some? Okay, everybody got some? Okay, so um, I'm going to need your guys' help. So on a count of three, and I, after I say three, I'm going to say bam, okay? And I want you guys to all throw these pieces up in the air, okay? Because once we throw them in the air and then they land on the ground, they're going to make a quilt just like this, okay? So we're going to do kind of like a magic trick, okay? So one, two, three, bam! Oh, did it make a quilt? So... Okay, so I didn't make a quilt. But, okay, why do you think, um, who thought that this would work? Raise your hand if you thought it was going to work. You did? Good, good. You guys had confidence in me, right? Okay, who thought this was like the dumbest idea? Well, 
Okay, good. Well, I agree. Because it's foolish to think that I could throw all these pieces up in the air and um, they come down and make a quilt, right? So, I don't know about you, but I don't believe that you, you guys, or myself, or the people on the audience, were an accident either. Um, because God has a plan and a purpose for everything. In the Bible it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The Bible also tells us that we are, guys, what are we? We are God's workmanship, right? We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So, just as my friend has made a plan to create this quilt, God has also made a plan for you guys. He's made a plan for your life. He is the master designer. So, like the master designer of this quilt, God is the master designer of y'all's life. All of you, all you have to do is just give your life to him and he will take all the bits and pieces, like these bits and pieces that we threw up in the air, and make your life something beautiful and useful. So, what are you guys going to do with your pieces? Well, you're going to ask God to help you guys make your useful. Okay? So all the pieces that you have, these can be little reminders. You can keep them. Little reminders of, of the beautiful things that God has planned for you. Okay, let's pray. Let's close your eyes. Dear Lord, you are a master designer, and we know you have a plan and a purpose for us. Please take our bits and pieces and make them into something beautiful to do your work. Amen. Thanks for being good participators. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a money box here. Huh. Hunger for the kids to help the hungry kids. Good morning. Our scripture reading comes from Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in, in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, he might know that the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God. Not by works, so that, uh, so that no one can boast. For, uh, for we are God's handiwork. 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared us in advance for us to do. you pray with me please dear god thank you so much for this beautiful day thank you for bringing us here together to worship you please help us be aware of and be thankful for the never-ending mercy and grace you extend to us with open arms thank you for all of the wonderful blessings we have in our lives and for giving us your son so that we may experience eternal life we give these offerings as a faithful response to your incredible gift Bless these tithes and offerings to continue to do your will. In your name we pray. Amen. In the secret, 
Before You Call, I Will Answer, we are given a uh, vivid description of the power and the destruction of war. It, it follows the Confederate and Union armies as they lock horns during the Battle of Fredericksburg. It seems that the Confederate army had gained a, a stronghold on the top of a hill called Mary's Height and had slaughtered the Union army below. But there was one young Confederate soldier... <coughs> A Sergeant Richard Kirkland, who was wrestling with his conscience, he simply could not bear the, the carnage before him. And so he finally asked his captain if he could go out and carry some water to all of the wounded soldiers out on the, the battleground, most of whom were, were, were Union soldiers. Well, the officer, even though he was mystified by Kirkland's request, he granted permission, and, and thus this Confederate soldier, Richard Kirkland, bravely stepped out onto the battlefield to assist all of the dying, dying men out there. He knew the risk that he was taking, but this act of courage had an, a, a sobering effect on, on both of the armies. As he entered the battlefield, all the shooting stopped. The shock of an enemy soldier offering aid to the opposition struck both armies with amazement. And, and so back and forth he would go from the battlefield to a watering station and back to the battlefield again, aiding every soldier along his path. Sergeant Kirkland earned the, a nickname that day. He became the angel of Mary's Heights. Later he would be killed in that war. Those who were there said that he died a hero, always thinking of the men under his command. 
My friends, do you understand that this is why Jesus came into the world? He came to create a whole world of Sergeant Kirklands. People who know how to love. People who know how to put compassion first in their lives. People who do not divide others into friends and enemies. But, all, but people who see everyone as children of God. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. For we are God's handiwork, says Paul, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So let me ask you something this morning. How do you feel about yourself? This passage tells us that we are God's handiwork. Do you feel like like you are the handiwork of God this morning? What do you think? Do you feel like you have the ability to be heroic like Sergeant Kirkland? Do you feel like you could change the world or are you just satisfied to just get by? Well, I believe that God has created us for more than just getting by. I believe that God expects a lot from us as God's children. Back in the early 1980s, Kit Summers was one of the greatest jugglers in all the world. He was, uh, he was the star attraction at uh, one of the major uh, casinos in Atlantic City. But one rainy night, when visibility was near zero, he, he crossed a busy street when suddenly out of nowhere a truck appeared. There was nothing he could do. He was thrown onto the hood of the truck. He broke the windshield with his head. He rolled off to the side and tore the, the side mirror off of the body of the truck. And then he, he lay in a heap about 30 feet away. For 37 days, Kit was in a coma. And then he slowly began to regain his consciousness. He was glad to be alive, but soon he realized that he would have to learn how to do everything all over again. And I mean everything. Eating, talking, walking, and of course, juggling. Even though his mind knew how to do these things, the connections between his brain and his nervous system had to be reestablished. And and so with amazing patience and dedication, Kit set out on the very difficult journey towards recovery. Some of you know what it's like to do that, don't you? It's paid off for Kit. On the one-year anniversary of his accident, Kit performed again in public And although he wasn't up to his previous level, he was on his way to regaining his stature as one of the greatest jugglers in the world. And in the meantime, Kit has also become a world-class motivational speaker, author, and businessman. Now let me ask you this. Do you think that Kit Summers made his remarkable recovery by just being satisfied with getting by? Do you think that he could have become a world-class juggler in the first place by just getting by. No. No. The word is commitment. The word is dedication. The word is sacrifice. My friends, you and I have a choice to make with our lives, about our lives. We can settle for just being lumps of clay who are just here for a while and then gone and not really leaving much of an impact on our world. Or we can allow ourselves to be God's handiwork, fashioned by God for greatness. And I think that's what God wants from us. The Apostle Paul writes, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works. These words say three things to me. First of all, they tell me that we were created for greatness. And I think it's important for you to to understand that what I mean by greatness is not the same thing that the world means when it talks about greatness. 
Greatness in the eyes of God is something different. It, it has to do with, with love for God and love for, for one another. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Dr. Mark Roberts tells about something that happened to him one night. He was the, the pastor on call at the First Presbyterian Church of Hollywood. And he received the call about bedtime. And the operator told him that a member of his church named Mary had asked for immediate pastoral assistance because her child had just died. Her son had just died. Well, Roberts jumped into his clothes and sped off to the hospital. And he was thankful that he had an idea of who Mary was Uh, in in a church with over 4,000 members. You couldn't always count on that. But Mary had been a part of his uh, young adult group, and so he knew who she was. And yet he could never remember her bringing a child to church. So he was surprised to hear that her child had died. Well, when he got to the hospital, he was directed to a a quiet corridor where he found Mary just outside of her son's room. She said, thank you so much for coming. I really needed to pray with somebody. And as he and Mary sat there in the hallway, she told him about her son, Jimmy. Jimmy had been born with multiple physical and mental handicaps. His life of seven years had been marked with countless surgeries and and therapies. And Mary had spent a lot of time in and out of hospitals and and, uh, care facilities. He wasn't able to, to be around other people, so that's why Pastor Roberts had never seen him at church. But after they talked for a while, they went into the room where Jimmy's body lay. The tubes and the, the wires were still connected. And when Roberts looked at him, he was shocked at what he saw. He was so tiny, much smaller than a, a normal seven-year-old. And his, his little body was badly twisted and deformed. Roberts found it difficult to even look at him without wincing, but, but not Mary. Mary looked at her son with, with eyes of uncompromised love. Mary looked at her son and, and, and she, she touched his, his face and spoke to him gently. She, she kissed his cheeks. She told Roberts of how much Jimmy had meant to her and, and how much she was going to miss him. And, and as he stood there, he realized that Mary loved this child with a kind of love that was far beyond anything that he had ever seen before. It was the undeserved, unabashed, unquenchable love of a mother for her child. Now, Jimmy had not earned this love. Not from his handsomeness or his achievements. He was not much to look at. He had achieved hardly anything in his life. But Mary loved him simply and freely and graciously. Had she been able to, she would have gladly traded places with him that night. And my friends, I want to tell you something. That mother is a handiwork of God. That mother is a handiwork of God. And that's what it means to be called to greatness. Some of us are called to be world-class parents. Some of us are called to be world-class employees or employers. And all of us, every one of us here today, are called to be world-class servants of God. Wherever our place may be in life. For you see, as, as Paul tells us here, we are the handiwork of God. And that means that we are something very, very special. The second thing that Paul tells us here is that this greatness does not come from us. It comes from God. Listen again to Paul's words. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. You understand what grace is? You understand what grace is? Pastor Tony Evans tells a story about a man who took his girlfriend out to dinner one night. Um, when they sat down, he, he laid an 
elaborately decorated box on the table for her birthday. All the while that while they were eating dinner, she just kept looking at that box. It was a big box. She wanted to know what was inside that box. She could hardly eat, but and the waiting was was killing her. But her boyfriend told her that she could open that box after dinner. Well, all she could think about was what was in that box. Well, finally, dinner was over and she said, can I open the box now? And he said, yeah, you can open the box. So she opened the box and pulled out a pillow. A pillow. Oh, wow. I mean, this is a nice pillow, she said, but it's a pillow. (laughs) She turned the pillow over to see if there might have been something taped to the other side of it, but there was nothing there. And, and, And she said, well, thank you. It was obvious that she was a little disappointed that all she got was a pillow. But then her boyfriend got up and he took the pillow and he laid it on the floor. And then he got down on one knee and took her by the hand and said, will you marry me? Well, immediately she forgot all about that pillow. The one who gave her that pillow now became a lot more important than the pillow. Folks, let me tell you something. The Lord of all the universe has come to us on bended knee to let us know how much we are loved. That's grace. Paul tells us that he humbled himself to come here. He came from the throne of glory and he took on the form of a human being, a servant even. That's grace. But he did not come here on bended knees so that we could spend our lives just getting by. He did it so that we might be fashioned into God's handiwork. He did it so that we might become world-class parents and spouses and world-class employees and employers and especially world-class servants of God. I like to think that we have some world-class folks right here in our church. I know that we do. Folks who give more, folks who care more, folks who, who help more. There's a lot of people here who are world-class in the eyes of God. You can be a world-class committee member. You can be a a world-class usher. You can be a world-class choir member. doesn't mean you'll ever be invited to sing at the Met. But it does mean that you're not a slacker. And you give your best to whatever you do. For you see, you are God's handiwork. And God created you for greatness. And finally, this passage tells us that we are especially the handiwork of God when Jesus lives within us and we engage in acts of service and mercy to others. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, Paul says, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's why we have been saved. To do good works. Max Lucado tells of a wonderful story about a ship that had blown off course and it quickly came across a, a group of uncharted islands. So the ship's captain ordered the anchor to be dropped and and he, he makes his way to the first island, and, but what he finds there is a scene of, of despair. Poverty and discord were all around. The people are dispirited and demoralized. So the captain and his crew move on to the next island and found the same thing. They were, they were also in the midst of blight and conflict and, and, and very little food and illness was all over 
And then finally, the captain goes to the largest island of this group and he discovers a, a totally different picture there. This island was plush with irrigation systems and strong, able-bodied citizens walking around bright, with a bright look outlook. When the captain asked why this island was so different from the other islands around it, he was told that Father Benjamin had educated the people there in everything from agriculture to health care. Father Benjamin also assisted in building schools and roads and hospitals and irrigation systems. Seeing such an amazing community led by, by one man, the captain asked to meet Father Benjamin. and Show me where he lives, he said. Well, at first, the captain is guided to various buildings that Father Benjamin had been responsible for, but Father Benjamin was not there. Then they, they brought him to a, a, a fish pond that Father Benjamin had constructed to help feed the community, but again, there was no sign of Father Benjamin. The captain is finally led up a mountain, and he, and he thought, finally, I'll, I'll meet this amazing Father Benjamin. But once again, there was no sign of Father Benjamin. So the captain is getting a little frustrated, and he asked the townsfolk why they have, not, why they have, they have led him to so many places where Father Benjamin made possible, but not to the gentleman himself. And finally, the captain is told that Father Benjamin is dead. And so the captain asked, well, why didn't you tell, us, tell me that before? And they said, well, you didn't ask about his death. You asked to see where he lives. All of these places are places where he still lives, where his influence is still being felt, where his influence is still touching the lives of people who are there. Long after he was gone. And my friends, do you know where Jesus lives? He lives with each person who is willing to open himself or herself up to become the handiwork of God. He lives wherever a hospital has been built in the name of Jesus. He lives in a homeless shelter and, and in the soup kitchen. He lives wherever anyone has given sacrificially to minister to any of the least of these. That's why I'm so proud of our ministry statement here at Community Baptist Church. We seek to be the presence of Christ to a world in need. And folks, when we do that, when we live up to our ministry statement we are the handiwork of God because the Lord Jesus Christ lives within us and works through us to accomplish his goodwill. That's what these four who have been baptized today have committed their lives to. They have opened themselves up and allowed the Lord Jesus to take up residence as their savior. But not only as their savior, but also as their life coach. Forever. And I have no doubt that God has great things in store for each one of them. And you can do that too. My friends, your Lord kneels on a pillow. Your Lord hangs on a cross and says to you and me, you were created for good works, for making a difference in the world. Not that you may boast but so that others might boast about God. That's who we are. And that's what we're all about when Jesus Christ lives within our hearts. When that happens, we, you and me, all of us, are the handiwork of God. Amen. We're going to sing together. Number 533, He Lives. There may be someone here today who needs to make that profession of faith in Jesus Christ, as, as these four have done who were baptized earlier. Maybe you don't know what it's like to have Christ live in our hearts. Well, He does live in our hearts if we allow Him to. And so the invitation for you today is that if you have never made a commitment to Christ, to open your heart up and allow him to come into your heart, to live there, 
And all that really means is that you are accepting the forgiveness that he has. And you're accepting the desire to, for him to be your Lord. And, and you're committing your life to follow him from this day forward. So if you've never made that commitment, I invite you to do it today. It'll be the best thing you've ever done. Maybe you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. I'll be glad to pray with you or you can just come and pray. If God's dealing in your heart in any way this morning, we invite you to come as we sing He Lives, number 533. for your presence here today. Just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. We will be playing volleyball tonight, so come on out and join us at 6 o'clock this evening. We'll, we always have a great time, a good turnout, and a lot, a lot of fun. You don't have to be very good. I'm a, come out and see him. Yeah. <laughs> I, may, I may do a sprawl for you like I've done before. That's the fun, <laughs> That's the fun part, isn't it? But uh, come on out. We'll just have a great time tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, we will be having our mission and ministry meeting tonight, also at 4 o'clock, uh, or this afternoon. So if you're a part of that, please come and be, uh, join us for that meeting. Easter Fest is coming up on March the 31st for, um, for our children. Uh, this is a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of great activities for our kids. So if you have some kids, be sure to put that on your calendar. Uh, at 10 o'clock on, on the 31st. If you don't have kids but know some kids, tell them about it. And if you do have kids and know other kids, then tell them about it. Just invite anybody that you have uh, uh, that you can to come and be a part of it. It's a, it's a wonderful, fun time. Uh, our Lenten lunch this week will be at First United Methodist Church on Wednesday at 12 o'clock. Uh, we've been having some wonderful services and wonderful times of fellowship, so come and, and join us for that. And let me remind you also of our Extreme Build, our mission uh, project for this summer, June the uh, 10th through the 16th. Uh, we are going to Piney Knot, Kentucky, over in eastern Kentucky, and join a bunch of other volunteers from around the state. And in one week period of time, we're going to build a house from the foundation. The foundation will be there, and from that we'll build a house, and then we'll hand the keys over to the to the new uh, new owners on Saturday of that week. So that will be a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, and the, the people we're building the house for are 
much in need and, and well-deserved. So uh, uh, if you want to be a part of that, it will be a great, a great ministry. There's a sign-up sheet back on the back bulletin board, and we invite you to, to sign up back there uh, to be a part of that. Let us, uh, let us join our, our hearts in benediction. By God's grace, you have been saved. By God's grace, you have been healed. And by God's grace, you have been made alive. By God's grace, you have been raised with Christ Jesus. So go now with the assurance of God's grace upon your lives at home, at school, at work, at play. Do the good works which God has called you to do. And may Jesus, our Savior, meet your every need. Amen.